Hello, detailers, and hopefully you've all had a smile on your face today. I was amazed, KL, that amongst the group that I was sitting with, there was lots of conjecture that, why isn't this over 100 points? And surely we should be winning by 200 points. In the end, Melbourne, 21-17, 143, over the top of the Gold Coast, 7-5-47. What were your thoughts? Koza, I've got a question for you. Mm. Has your wallet ever been too big for your 50s? (laughs) Has my wallet... Ever been too big for the 50s? Oh, maybe too small. Too small. Do you mean too small? Like well, it was too overstuffed small. and Yeah, maybe I've got that one around the wrong way. No, keep it, keep it in. This is what we do, detailers. Right. If you're the scenes, All right, Kozer, can, can I give yes. you another question? You've been thinking about that for a couple of days too, haven't you? Or at least uh, you tested it. No, you know what? I had another line in my head, which is a Chandler Bing line. Yes. Are your gold shoes too tight? <laughs> okay. So what are you saying? We're looking gift horses in the mouth, are we? Oh, please. Okay, right. The first message I got after the win, and let's say some, yes, some people in the crowd booed Bailey Fritch <laughs> for getting a point to take the margin to 96 and not to 101 or whatever it was going to be. I actually wanted Bailey Fritch to kick that goal. Me too, right? because I Because that would have been 100. Fritch. Bailey had played a great game and it just would have been nice. And given, and I'm just going to deviate slightly, given the fact that the results on the weekend, and by the way, footy's in a really good shape, so all those guys that headed out to Coburg for extra long goal squares and people playing with wing defence bibs on, um, (laughs) just leave it alone at the moment because we had, what, five games decided by less Less. than a goal. If you include Josh Jenkins' one that could have gone either way, Mm -hmm. Cam Rayner could have won it for the Lions as well. Um, Young McCartan, uh, Tommy McCartan kicks one. Right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Literally lying on the ground, kicks it through. So it could have gone either way. Footy's in great shape. We always knew what the results were going to be for Carlton GW. GWS only had 16 players on the ground. Carlton was still so crap that they couldn't, couldn't get a score. Um, and we always knew what the Gold Coast Suns score was going to be. But it would have been really nice for Bailey Fritch to ice it and to make it that 100-point margin. Nice. And no, my gold shoes aren't too tight. My wallet's not too small for my 50s. And I'm like, <laughs> forcing them out. First text after the win. Worst 100-point win I have ever seen. After quarter time, it was genuine slop. Opposition local league standard. Yeah. I I completely agree that Gold Coast were so terrible. How did they beat the Swans a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Different environment, you know. Sydney haven't been playing well. Melbourne has been playing all right. Back and forward a bit with this texter, a former detailer, so I won't divulge any names. Um, but I said, hang on a minute, mate. You've got to look at the positives here. We had some excellent end-to-end footy. There was oh, one where... In the was, third quarter. Where, uh, yes, yeah. where it was turnover in the back line, Brayshaw into the middle, bang. I think it was Spargo ended up with... Yeah, it was. It, it went from the city end all the way down. Bailey Fritch lobbed it into the middle. That's what he did. Lobbed in that it into the middle. Yep, that's round, right. Yes. And Gus ran onto it. Eyes oh. only for the ball, ran onto it. Jesse's forward, and then Jeff Garland's eyes were like poking oh, the rolling go. back. And thank goodness Jesse actually gave it to him, and Garland sped in and went. But let's look at some of those positives. So Angus Brayshaw is in a in an amazingly He's in a better position than his younger brother, which we'll talk about in a moment. Later. Um, Angus Brayshaw is just ball on a string stuff. Nathan Jones hits some form again. He's been a little bit wayward with his form. Hits some form again. Jeff Garlett kicking goals. This was only the second game in AFL history where a club has had eight goal kickers kick two or more goals. Do you know when the first game was that eight or more players kicked two or more goals in a game? No, but you're going to tell me, are you? Yeah, just the GWS Carlton game that ended 45 minutes before the Melbourne one. You're joking. No. Is that right? So two absolute schmackings (laughs) and we saw two records tumble. Yep. That that was from Sir Swamp Thing, whoever that is. Yes, yep. Very good. Stats guy. Um, I think... There are far too many Melbourne supporters today, and we'll get to our Simon Says's in a moment, Koza, that aren't uh, necessarily thinking that this is that this is the greatest win we've ever had. You know what? We've played better footy. 
Yes. We've played better opponents and played better footy. Yes. But you can only turn your mobile off before we start. You can Sorry. you can only play with what you're up against and sometimes the calibre of the opposition can bring your standards down a little bit. And I think that might have happened after quarter time. It is a common trait that if someone else is playing rubbish football and it can even go to playing tennis, it can go to, you know, a lot of mm. different things. If if it's a bit like the tennis a lot of tennis players prefer someone to whack it back at them because then they use the speed and they whack it back and it becomes more high-powered, high high-octane. And I think Melbourne did succumb to what was mm. rubbish football from the Gold Coast. Absolute rubbish football. Mm. Sitting there with young Jamison, he's going running through the Gold Coast. This, he said, Dad, I don't know any of these players. I don't know them. Now that Tom Lynch is gone, Stephen May obviously not playing. Mm. Gary Ablett no, used to be there. No, he did play. Stephen May did play. No, he didn't. No, Stephen May didn't play. Oh, who is, no, who is their suspended. captain? Uh, Jared Witts, 208 centimetres. He walked into the middle. No, I'm sure that big guy was playing yesterday. Uh, Detailers, please feel (laughs) free to text in directly to KL on this one. Jared Witts was the captain and Stephen May did not play. Take it as red. Don't argue with me. You know what? (laughs) You thought Stephen May was it. No, no. The guy that introduced Gold Coast Mm. onto the ground Mm. said let out by their captain, Stephen May. Well, whoever it was, and it wasn't Tony Chebecki, who's normally the voice of the G, he was wrong. Okay. Wrong. Great. That's right. Sure. What's his (laughs) name? What did did your favourite Port Adelaide coach say? About the transport king, you were wrong. Oh, yes, yes. Alan Scott, you That's were wrong. Right. I do uh, love Choco. I miss Choco yeah. in, in the media. Well, anyway. you should get him on details one stage. Don't think he cares about Melbourne. Um, <laughs> as a city <laughs> or just as a, as a town? Um, so, yes, so Stephen May wasn't there, but you're right. We, we did uh, get it drawn into a void. We kicked nine goals in the opening term. Mm. People I'm sitting around going, 200 plus, here we come. Uh, and obviously we then ratcheted it down, which was a had disappointing and there was a couple of times when uh, the people I was talking to said, you know what, if we were to turn it over like that against Richmond or Collingwood oh. or Geelong or Hawthorne, we would get our backsides handed to us on a platter. Banked. Bank. That's that's the only disappointing part. Mm. Not, not the margin or the win or anything else like that. It's just that sometimes we still fail to execute even under a minimal amount of pressure. Yes, uh, but I am glad of a few things of having minimal pressure. The mm. only person that really had to run their guts out was uh, Sam, Fro- Sam Frost. I always get confused between Sam and Jack and The Bachelor and all of that stuff. Sam Frost is Sam, our number Sam's seven. Sam's ours. Yeah. So There's Sam, a girl called Sam Frost That's as well. why, yeah, mm. she's on Home and Away now. So but that's not ours. Sam. He's our running and, and ran down. Ran him, ra- oh, it's ra- and a half foot. That, that's the only yeah. time I ever worried about a ping Tammy the whole day. Gee, was, he's good. I like watching him. I like watching him too. But as his former coach said to me a couple of weeks ago, someone you just mentioned, yeah. Um, needs to work on his disposal. But he knows that. Sam knows that. And he turned it over. He butchered it a bit. Um, highest goal kicker on the ground. Who was it? Uh, highest goal kicker on the ground was actually Sexton. It was. For you know Gold what? I'd never heard of him before. Mm, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he kept popping up. Yeah. You know who was playing on him? Um, mm, number 28. I was going to say, yeah. how was Oscar's game? Yeah, no, not ideal. <laughs> Oscar's game was not ideal. That's two weeks in a row for Oscar and, that he's had a man. Yeah. Or two, yeah. two out of three or something. And I know you've got big Oscar stocks and you've bought up early and strong, but I tell you what, he's still got a fair bit of work to do. Mm. Um, he really does. And he's still laconic. And the other thing that I found Oscar do, and I'll be interested in details response, he handballs very quickly, and sometimes it's to someone who is not in as good a position as he. Yeah, okay. Well, I would he say... He gives it out, and all of a sudden, bang, they're gone. Yeah, okay. Well, it's very hard to have two players in your team at good as good at handballing as Clayton Oliver is. No, I don't think Oscar's near Clayton. As no. In fact, I think Oscar's way down the other end of the bus <laughs> in terms of handball decision-making. He is lucky to be hanging onto the exhaust pipe of the Demon bus at the moment in terms of handball. All right. Wasn't who, impressed. All right, okay. So... Here's another one for you. Clayton Oliver yesterday, yep. he had more kicks than handballs. Yes, like that, like that. And didn't you love him out of the centre, oh. out of the goal square? It was oh. just Patrick Dangerfield-like, wasn't it? Except Paddy Dangerfield's doing it at 28, 29, mm. however old he is. Clayton Oliver's 21 years of age. And Clayton Oliver oh. is actually a better uh, kicker of the ball than Patrick Dangerfield. Dangerfield gets a lot, but he can spray it, tumble punts, all those sort of things. 
At one stage, Clayton Oliver came out of the punt road in, mm-hmm. and the passing was low. Oliver just took it. Mm. I, I nearly started derobing at that stage. <laughs> it was extraordinary. I was, I was just like, he can do it in the midfield. He can. He had Jamison hadn't been there on my, but he he just all ends of the ground very much. Yeah, love child. I was sitting in semi neutral territory. The MCC members. Um, was a little bit vacant. There was a fair bit of semi-neutral territory. There, there, there was a fair bit of just plain neutral territory. There, there was three fellas sitting behind me. Um, they spent the first 15 minutes talking about what bets they had put on to get um, first goal and highest goal score and all that. So it wasn't a couple of Melbourne they had, ex- first, No, actually I shouldn't first, say that. No, it wasn't. First goal, they had no. I was nowhere near the ops. First goal, they had... Tom McDonald, yep. he's had a mare in front of goals yep. the last few weeks. Yep. But then they also had um, most goal kickers, Peter Wright. Oh, two-metre Peter. Yeah, yeah. two-metre Peter. Yeah. And then first first real thing, um, motion of the game, this bloke goes off with his sore leg and they're going, oh, where's that Peter Wright guy? And I'm, I wanted to turn around and say, mate, he yeah. went off in the first five minutes. Sure. It's not bad. Anyway, I let him go. They weren't Melbourne supporters. But they, I love hearing people that aren't a Melbourne supporter talk about your boys, mm. my boys, and they were just, oh, look at this Oliver and Angus Brayshaw, isn't he amazing? Look what Max Gorn staying out there. He's just, you know, dropped down to the forward pocket and it was so good to hear people praising a Melbourne football team that aren't Melbourne diehard fans. It was great. And also for people to go and see Melbourne play. Yes, who aren't necessarily Melbourne supportive because mm. we like to see them actually play the game of football. That's There's right. one name he didn't mention there. He did one or two good things. Are you going to say Dom Tyson? No, no, because actually I thought Dommy was good. He wasn't I thought too, Dommy wasn't was too bad. really good. James Harms? No, no, because he was good too. Oh. There's a guy where's number five, Christian Petrarca. Oh, yeah. He was strong. Was he? When he needed to mark the ball, he was strong. He drifted across the pack and took one mark at one stage. All right, well, that's what I'm I still immediately the, came I'm, to mind. I'm still in the long queue of people waiting for him to, and I thought it might have been this one, to actually just bullet. Let just... me take you back to 1994. Ooh. Melbourne versus Sydney, the SCG. Okay. You'll have to help me out. I was living in London at that stage. Sorry so I about may not have seen that Sorry about that, too, <laughs> Ben. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it was the last round of the year. Correct me, detailers, if I'm wrong. And I spoke to the subject of this just this afternoon because we do have a chat every now and then. There was a fellow that came off the ground at the end of that game having just bagged, I think it was a lazy 10 goals. (laughs) We'd been waiting. We knew he was there. We'd been waiting for the Ox. This was prior to him being called the Ox to have an absolutely punishing game of football. And that was the day that he delivered it. One week later was Mm -hmm. the game against Carlton at the MCG where he did his blind turn in the pocket out of the ruck and kicking the goal. And the week after that was when Melbourne smashed the Bulldogs in the final. And that's when I think Gary kicked nine up to three-quarter time that day. You just need to have patience with people in the number five. We had patience with Jordan Gisbert's. Unfortunately, that <laughs> ran out. Earl Spalding didn't want us to have patience with him and he left for mightier tales at the Blues. Just give the number five a little bit more time. He's got it in him. Okay. Uh, I'm hearing you. I'm not dropping Christian Petrarca for anything. If it wasn't for Christian Petrarca the week before and the run that he did with Neil Bullen, their work to get that last goal was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. I'm not dropping him. You've got to drop Christian Petrarca. Yep. For who? Yep. For who? I'd, I'd give him a run. To say, oh. do you know what? You know, I'm still waiting. I might be being harsh. I might be being harsh, but he's. You talked about Gorn and Oliver and Hogan and all these guys. He's not. He's not at that level. He's not at that level. He's got all the guns, all the weaponry, everything else like that. He's not at that level at the moment. Do Maybe. you run a Dean Kent in there? Do you run a Jordan, uh, uh, Jaden Hunt in there? No. Okay. I reckon the fear factor of what Petrarca could do requires a much better opposition player than Dean Kent would be given. Okay. 
Right. So I'm not. I'm not, for discussion. Okay. I'm not dropping him. Well, I just, I just felt that against opposition that were lowly, dispirited, their clubs falling apart, there's so many. I thought that was one where he could just go. You know what? Here I am. This is what I'm going to do. Get out of my way. Bang, bang, bang. And we just, we just haven't seen it yet. So uh, I agree. There's a hell of a lot of upside, but at some stage he's got to actually deliver on some of that upside. And we've seen we've seen fleeting shots of brilliance and, and great pirouettes and moves and wonderful things like that. But then there are vast periods of the game where he doesn't figure. He doesn't figure at all. And I know you're talking about Dom Tyson. Dom's consistent, though. He'll, he'll, he'll rack up possessions. He'll keep getting them. He distributed beautifully on the weekend. Plays in a different position or day, game in, game out. Christian Petrarca, they haven't nailed his position yet. So, so I don't where do you necess- think he's best? I reckon he's best in the forward line at the moment and then move him into the midfield, a bit like they used to do with Jared Ruffhead. Mm-hmm. He was a forward and then they went, on oh, no, a hang on, mate, you can go in the mm-hmm. middle. Mm-hmm. But you've got to get the games into him. And it's rare that we have such uh, an amazing player in Clayton Oliver who is this good, this young. With so few games under his okay, belt. Okay, I'm just saying there's a little amber warning light. Oh, just, just on a watch for the five. Just, just a little amber warning light. Yeah, you know what? That's well and good. But I am someone that, as you know, with my Oscar McDonald fan club, I was the cheerleader of last year. Just get games into him. And earlier in the year, Oscar was fantastic. Yeah, he's been a bit miffity-muff the last couple of weeks. <laughs> is that a technical thing? I think it is. <laughs> right, okay. All right, let's get into on the other side of this break, actually. We'll better take a quick break and we'll come back, but we'll get into some Simon Says's. This is my kingdom come. This is my kingdom come. When you pull my heat, look into my eyes. It's where my demons hide. It's where my demons hide. Welcome back to Details. Simon says there is so much to talk about. There is heaps. And as I said, we'll also be talking about, obviously, the Andrew Gaff situation. And we we got to mention again in the papers because of Mrs. Brayshaw. Did we get another yeah. one? Well, there was one that I saw. Uh, maybe it was on social media saying that she obviously had trauma <laughs> relating to yeah. Angus. And now poor old Andrew, who was on the end of the Gaff, whack. And, well, um, she was in the rooms crying with him. Yeah, well, she, he... Uh, Look, it, it's, a, it's her son. Um, I can imagine how that is. It would be an horrific sight. He's had broken jaw, teeth having to be moved around and everything else like that. Andrew Gath must have really flushed him, though. Yeah. must have absolutely what hit him, give him right on. Oh, look, given the fact that um, I mean, Barry Hall cleaned up Staker and got seven weeks ten years ago, uh, Tommy Bug got how much? Six. six. Right. He's got to have between six and eight, absolutely, and, and, and that will end the season. Callum and... Mills played the next week after Bug got six weeks, yeah. so yeah. there's no way yeah. um, and, uh, Andrew's going to be back playing. Um, don't believe in police intervention and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's a game. I don't, a... I don't no, believe no. in that either. No. I understand that people, people are right to say this is exactly why we need to take a stand, but... Unfortunately, there are some rules for one and some rules for another, and this is a game that yeah. we're playing. And this he'll be sanctioned within the, I, within the. They uh, have their own governing rules for yeah. it. I'd go eight weeks. I reckon. Yeah, he's got to be out. So I'd uh, reckon eight weeks. Andrew does does he start his career as a D on the sidelines? Does he? Oh, we're getting Andrew Gaffoey. <laughs> I like your thinking. Uh-huh. Jeez, you were right with Adelaide, weren't you? Maybe you're going to be right with Andrew Gaff. Do we so, need Andrew Gaff? Um, it's a great question. Whose spot does he take? It's a great question. Because I love Bailey Fritch on the wing. Oh, I love <laughs> Bailey Fritch. Yeah, I love wing. him. Um, yeah. I so, don't know. I'm just asking the question. I don't think we need Andrew Gap. Fine. No. I'll That's fine. I'd, I'd, sure. No worries. We'll just wait and see. We had Vanders come back as oh. well. Was, he couldn't, except he couldn't buy a goal. He didn't <laughs> kick a goal. <laughs> we're all waiting. We're all waiting to roar for the twenty-two, and he missed it. And then, and he, then he missed one. another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So can, this is the, okay. this is the Simon, Simon says. says. Can it be true? Are some detailers disappointed with a nearly hundred-point loss? Um, the answer came back. 
pretty much yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can. Here's one from Simon's Bargains. Is it wrong to be a tad flat after only winning by 16 goals? The result was never in doubt, but Gold Coast kept us honest after quarter time. They Did they play well? Or did we just play like millionaires? Yeah, I think we just got very flamboyant, which is fine, and you can understand how that happens, but you wouldn't want to be doing that for the next couple of weeks. Oh, no. All that right. was. What All do you reckon Simon did say at three-quarter time? I think Simon might have said, listen here, straighten up, because we actually need to not only win this game, but we need to springboard into the next couple of weeks. And enough of the flamboyant stuff. Let's get back down to business. They, they, yeah. I'll get. There's a couple of good um, Facebook. Simon says, so I'll leave those ones to okay. you. But here's one from Michael Mayman. I don't care if it was only against the Gold Coast. That was one of, if not the best, first quarter for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I agree. Yeah. I agree. And it, but even the first eight minutes was pretty flat by yeah. Melbourne. It was a slow start. So let's say it was a great twenty minute period, yeah. and we played a great twenty minute period against a. Geelong team that just got over us a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. So Melbourne can put together a great block of sensational yep. play. It was the tap work of Gorn and yep. it was the transition from the back to the front yep. and it was the goal kicking, sharing it around, which was fantastic. Nine goals, three to one goal. That was that was the quarter time score. Mm. That is outstanding <laughs> regardless of who you're playing. That is mm. fantastic to actually have... That much of the ball, nine goals through. Now, in the end, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot because it was 21-17. Yeah, well, we could have had 40 goals. But, all right, here's one from Barry Levinson. After the results from the weekend, Simon says there is a scary scenario where 14 wins might be needed to finish eighth. That's unheard of. Every game is like a final and we've got quality teams. Bring it on. We have to win this week. We well, have to. The way it works out is Richmond well clear on 60, right? Then West Coast on 56. Mm. Then we've got GWS through their draw that they had there on 50. Then in fourth, Melbourne 48, Hawthorne 48, Collingwood 48, Port Adelaide 48, Sydney 48, Geelong 44, North Melbourne 44. All of those teams still trying to squeeze mm. in mm. to the finals. And if we'd lost... We would have tumbled right down to like 10th. You win, you go up to 4th. It's an absolute snakes and ladders at the moment and we just simply cannot afford to be dropping games. And and next week against Sydney? I did something I promised myself I would never do and no, I have not opened the jar of Nutella. Ah, yes. I did the ladder predictor on the AFL's oh, app. that's just silly. It was silly yeah. because I had us finishing fourth one time I did it and then seventh and yeah. then I just couldn't do it again. Yeah. I just, no, no I'm not going to do it. Anyway, Danny Jedi. Thanks, Danny, and I hope you had a great day yesterday with your daughter's birthday. He was at home on the couch watching. Oh, hello to young Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if her name's Luca. Leia. <laughs> uh, Leia. That's better. See, I've never watched Star Wars, so you you're lucky. Get <laughs> T-Mac kicking straight, and he's having a bit of a laugh. Seriously, though, our unselfishness in front of goals is noble, but sometimes yes. you just want them to back themselves. Yes. And I agree with that wholeheartedly, Danny. It's great to share the love and share the load, but you need to have players just go, you know what, I am going to take my shot. And Clayton Oliver did. I am going to take my shot. Go back. Concentrate. I reckon the one that's affected most by that is Jeffy Garlick. It's like his instinct has been switched off mm. and his team instruction has been switched on. Mm. But the problem is it's gone from zero to 100 and it needs to stem back to 50-50 of, mm. you know what, I might centre this. Uh, actually, no, I'm now going to mm. kick the miracle goal because he can kick the miracle mm. goal and he can do it. Jeff Garlett, I agree with that, certainly applicable. And there was another one. Vander's obviously just mm. had, had some misses. But there was another one as well, maybe Spargo shared it. He seems to take his shots, but Garlett certainly. I'd love to see Jeffy pull the trigger more. This is something you wouldn't have noticed, but I've noticed. And, you know, don't take this as the reverse sexism. It's just because I've noticed and they wear short shorts. But Charlie Spargo has massive thighs. Yeah, he's a big unit. He does have For huge... someone who's only five foot two. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got... Really big yeah, legs. Yeah. Anyway, Simon's bargains. He's I did notice that, by the way. Oh, great. Yes. So I do notice I can't, legs I can't. on <laughs> men and women. I'm attuned to that. All right, this is following on from the uh, selfishness slash not selfishness. Yeah. He, uh, Simon's bargains, this is from him. Noticed that quite a bit yesterday. Bursting inside 50, it looked like a team mantra 
to not be selfish and to make sure everyone enjoys the party with a piece of the pie. Sometimes you have have to be better and take a shot at goal and not overuse it. I think that is perfectly well said. Um, Here's one from Simon Presnell. What about the lid? Yes, well, that's in reference to you because mine was clean off. Yeah, you still had the foil. Yours went off and you were nude in round two. Correct, exactly. I still haven't even twisted open the white bit of the Nutella lid yet. You are so scarred. It's a fantastic bit. It's a great study in human nature because surely now, surely now you can actually just unscrew it and get to the foil bit and even be ready and poised, ready to go. We are sitting fourth spot on the ladder. I know we've just talked about how tight it is. But we are playing some good football. We have an expectation to be in there in September. And you've got to be able to start saying, yep, the lids are off, but maybe the foil's still on. You know what I want to do? And I want to set this as a task because I think it can be changed within the psyche of the Melbourne supporter. When we get tweets in and I get tagged in them from Melbourne supporters, quite often their little um, byline or description of themselves says... Long-suffering Melbourne Melbourne supporter. supporter. Do you reckon it's time we change that and change it to excited Melbourne supporter? Anticipating Melbourne supporter, excited Melbourne supporter, all of those sort of things. I'm sick of the long-suffering shit because you know what? I haven't been – I wasn't born in 1964. I know you were 12 at the time. Turn it up. It's time that we focus on the positives and look forward rather than tell people when they look us up or who we are that – you know, yeah. we've got all this pain within us. We need to open yeah. up, refresh, refresh I agree. ourselves. And Details look change, change your tagline. Absolutely. Do would you like a couple of Facebook? Can ones? I please? You can have Jonathan Ryle. If we kicked straight, we could have won by 120 plus, but it's irrelevant. Our percentage is good enough. All that counts is number of wins over the next three weeks. And I seem to agree with you, Jonathan, because our percentage at the moment we, is very, very, very good. We went up 5% yesterday. Yeah. So what are we now, 135? 132. 132. So 132. Richmond are 135, West Coast to 124, GWS 120. Then we're at 132. So we are highest by a long way of those teams on 48. Hawthorne 121, Collingwood 117, Port Adelaide 114, Sydney 109, Geelong 118 and North Melbourne 110. You can forget the rest. And what's the Powerball? <laughs> so that is great percentage. So I actually agree with Jonathan. Even though we had the heartache of half percent missing last time, that is not going to play a factor as much as winning Wins the next. Wins and losses yeah, is what's going to get you in. Winning the next week. Couldn't agree more. Leanne Siwes. Yep. Leanne says, Simon says improvement will come by getting a fit Kent, Melksham and Hannon back into the team. Pedo down back, I think JKH and Tyson are in trouble if the others are right to go. I thought Dom Tyson did enough. Uh, Jay Kennedy Harris, for mine, is not in the top 28. And, and he's, he's having an opportunity at the moment. I also spoke to um, Michael Hibbert um, at oh, the match. Yes. He's ho- he wants to be back for the Sydney game, but he thinks they're going to hold him back. And he'll be on a plane over to you know, West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine if Hibbert comes back, Melksham comes back. They're two that walk straight into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have seen Vandenberg return. That Hannon position, Hannon Vandenberg Kent. There's a few sort of float through there. Uh, not sure that they're all going to be able to fit in. But um, for mine, I think Jay Kennedy Harris will be lucky to hang in there if the others are fit. But you need. You need about a battle all the way through to 30. The one name in there, and Leanne, you probably said it so that you get a rise out of me, is Cam Pedersen. No, he's not going to be playing finals footy for Melbourne. And he's not quick enough. Yes, he um, performed so admirably last year, but we've got other players now, younger players and more skillful players. I know, I'm so sorry, Koza. He's the Kleenex. Actually, they're just over there. <laughs> Um, sorry, Leanne, but, but oh, now it's my phone. Um, yeah. oh, that's our ref- older, that's our old acquaintance saying, can you hurry up? I'm so busy. I'll rephrase that. I don't love Peto. I really like Cam <laughs> I really like Cam Pedersen. So let me just rephrase that. Thank you. 
right, come on, our old acquaintance okay. wants us. All right, well, we'll get to the old acquaintance after the break. Larissa Hurley, the important thing at the moment is the four points from the next three matches. She's in total agreements with Jonathan Ryle. Thank you, Larissa. Glenn Ashley, we still have lapses in quarters, which we turn the ball over with sloppy disposal inside forward 50 and get scored against. Need to fix that up. Yes, very good. Glenn oh, Ashley, agree with that. 100%, Glenn. Overall game style is great shape and can see the improvement coming, getting better each game. Fantastic work by you, Glenn. Uh, lots of other correspondence as well. If you want to do it, details podcast on Facebook or details on uh, Twitter as well. Get involved. Make sure you do. Old acquaintance in just a moment. Welcome back, detailers. Our old acquaintance today is a very familiar voice and of course these days if you're you know, part of Fox and watching and all that sort of thing. He's, he's the man at the moment. He's think, just everywhere. Coza, this is our first dual old acquaintance. <laughs> is that right? That is our true. first repeat old acquaintance. It is. Oh, it is. And he, he went from old acquaintance yeah. to co-host last year. That's how yeah. much we valued yeah. and Tom then he Morris. Just, uh, and then he put us in hospital with third degree burns and we, we sailed past <laughs> and away he went. And he's just uh, lucky enough to be taking our phone call now, KL, but he did block us a couple of times. He did, so. yeah. Hey, Tom Morris, welcome back. Thank you very much. Sorry to interrupt you guys. I was really enjoying that little spiel. But, uh, <laughs> great, to be, great to be here. After a win, it's even better. Well, was it a good win for you, Tom? Well, I mean, the thing is, this is the bizarre thing about Melbourne Football Club these days. We sort of take it for granted when we win games of footy against lowly teams. But it wasn't long ago when we were one of these teams being belted on the MCG. So I will never, ever take uh, a win for granted, let alone a 96-point win, and I will enjoy it. And I love the first quarter because we are playing Harlem Globetrotters-type <laughs> footy. And I think what I said to you on the phone before, Kerry, off-air, I just think we couldn't really be bothered to win by 180 points. We're quite happy to win by a substantial margin, see the percentage go up and move on to next week. It's like they were already playing in their individual ice baths by the end. They just couldn't move very well. They're already icing up. Yeah, the job that, was done. That, uh, but that's fine with me. The, the worst thing would have been for a substantial injury, so I was yes. happy to get the win. Well, there, was, there was the injury to um, young Joel Smith. Yes. Yeah. Shoulder. Oh, look, collarbone. Not 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 ideal, but um, you know, with all due respect to Joel Smith, if it was Max Gorn or Clayton Oliver, that is what Howard classifies substantial. So I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, well, let's hope he'll be fine. But it was just. No, it was a good day at the MCG. It's always good to, to win anywhere. But when you do it in front of your home fans, the bullring and the uh, – well, especially the bullring after the game, actually, but also the Frank Gray Smith bar, they were pumping, which is yeah. great to see. No no doubt. Now, the thing about – I actually said that after the first 10 minutes, they just needed to take Gorn off the ground, give him a cup of coffee and put his own <laughs> boots on because, really, I mean, there was going to be nothing. And and then what it came, it came to pass, because I was sitting with Jamison and when – Joel Smith was injured, Jamison said, that's what you're talking about, Dad, isn't it? Because anything can happen at any one time. And Wicks is a good ruckman, obviously, and, and you mm. know, I think Gorn... He was their captain. Ha- yeah, he was their captain. Uh, but apparently, if you just turn up at the Gold Coast Suns, you can be captain <laughs> if you want to be. Um, but, look, I, I thought that they, uh, they let Max play, they let Clayton play. Where do you see Oliver in terms of uh, the Brownlow now that, uh, obviously, oh. Andrew Gaff's taken himself out of the equation? Are we allowed to talk odds on this uh, podcast? Yes, we're not sponsored by anyone. Excellent. Well, I uh, I saw about oh, about three months ago he was at twenty seven dollars, and a very good judge told me to get on him, and I didn't because I'm not really a punter, yep. gamble responsibly. But <laughs> I've seen now he's actually halved. I think he's down to thirteen dollars, or maybe fourteen dollars. I think he's a good chance. Look, Tom Mitchell's getting millions of touches, so it's going to be hard to beat. But I think a good bet would be Oliver top three. Yeah. Um, he's playing some great footy. And just on Max Gorn going to have a cup of coffee after the first 10 minutes, I, I'd love your thoughts, Koza and Kez, on uh, on Leon Cameron playing with 16 men. Would we like to play with 16 men against a team like Gold Coast and just protect players? It's not a great look, but you've got to do whatever you can to preserve your players. Well, the AFL is looking to change up some rules and um, put zones in. I think maybe the zone that Leon Cameron uh, created was just a bigger bench zone. So <laughs> he did Look, he did rest his players. I don't think the league gives a shit about Carlton and no other team pays them any respect. And if Carlton uh, was an interstate team that desperately needed supporters and wins and draft picks, the AFL would give them everything they've got. But because it's Carlton, because they've got this murky past of paper bag payments, 
the I just reckon the AFL has said, "Well, stuff you. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. don't care. Go and sort it out yourself." I don't think Brendan Bolton's a very good coach at all. I think I think he is just <laughs> one of those delusional corporate speaker. I know what I have to say. I know what I should be saying. This is what you want to hear. The players aren't listening to him. The coaching staff don't want to be there anymore. The coaches left last year. They're about to leave again now. Players want out. I just think the whole <laughs> the whole club is just right from the top right to the bottom, just a merc fest. Well, uh, I could, li- and ha- I couldn't be happier. Having lived through the arrogance of Carlton in the 80s and 90s, um, <laughs> I am absolutely crying no tears whatsoever and the fact that they couldn't beat a team that only had 16 fit players um, and they weren't nowhere near it. So bad well, luck to the Blues. I, I actually wondered, though, whether there wouldn't be, Tom, some sort of AFL... Uh, no, please explain. I mean, in the old terminology to say to yep. Leon Cameron, hey, look, you actually had 18 guys good to go. Um, you need to leave them on the ground because Why? I, I... No, I just didn't think it was a good... I didn't think it was a good image for the game to be able to say, well, we're just going to run with 16 at the moment. That's all. I, I Given the micromanagement that the AFL is involved in, mm. I thought that to actually have 16 players on the ground was a bit farcical even though they were a long way ahead. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's just a quiet phone call to say, hey, listen, no, you won the game and everything, but just maybe not, you know, rest them in the yeah. back pocket next time. Well, I did some uh, research this morning and they had less than, oh, so 17, all 16 players on the field for eight minutes 40. Wow. And for, for one of those minutes, one of those eight minutes 40, they had 16 players on the field. So, uh, and, in, uh, and, in, and in that time, they kicked three goals, three to Carlton's, not gold, not. So imagine me. I mean, the, the, there's two free Carlton folks running around the ground with, by definition, no opponent. They're not just policemen. <laughs> they're actually they're, they're actually completely free, and you still can't you still can't win. I mean, it's just it's quite unbelievable. Now we know if this happens in a sport like soccer, yeah, eleven v nine is a massive difference because there's less players on the field, and even more so basketball, five v four, five v three. Rugby league it happens as well. Yeah, 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 but 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 even so, eighteen v sixteen. Yeah. At the very least, you should be halving it. You yeah. should never be losing it. You should probably be winning it. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the AFL made a call. But we saw it, was it last year or the year before, Coza in a pre-season game with Richmond? They actually took some players yeah, off towards so the end of the game. Yeah. But that was less, I think that was a bit more suspect. There was actually no injuries to speak of whatsoever. Was, I think here, I don't know if it was real or not, but I think Leon Cameron was uh, masquerading a couple of players with some Calf tape and I wish they, ne- I wish they did. I wish they did have a couple of hamstring pings because we've got them in three weeks and you need 21 days yeah. to get back from a well, hammy. Well, let's have a look at, at, at that because Toby Green obviously had an injury. Delidio had an injury. Delidio's so, yeah, yeah. So, so there is a few issues for GWS and we've got them final one round 23, Tom, which is going to be a clinker given how oh. tight the ladder is. I'm so and, and what's go- Well, the thing is you win that, all of a sudden you might get a double chance. You lose it. And you might even even fall out of the eight. I mean, it's oh. let's talk about the next three weeks because we've got Sydney, and obviously, you know, Buddy was in imperious form, and then West Coast are going hang to be. On. Buddy was in imperious form against a bloke that had played zero AFL games. Yeah, before. I agree. And and Brody Myacek also tried to help him out. Who'd <laughs> had five games before that? It was Darcy Moore who's had about ten. So yeah, look. But I do like the way Buddy plays football, and I like watching him play. We just got to hope that your man, Oscar. KL shuts yeah. him shuts him down. So, so. Um, how do you see the next three weeks, Tommy? Because it is going to be amazing. Obviously, Gaff's not going to be a part of it for West Coast. Um, yeah. And the run home's pretty tough. Yeah. T- well, we can finish as high as second and as low as tenth, I've seen today. Someone <laughs> was telling me today. So, the, the gap is wide. Um, I thought a few weeks ago, I was a bit nervous that this GWS game, when they were sort of around the mark for the eight, would would end up being whoever wins makes the eight. And I didn't want that. I didn't want it to be like a sudden death elimination final. But I think it's more likely that we, we beat Sydney this week. I think we're going to beat West Coast the week after. And then the Giants game will be a short of the eight. It'll just be about where we finish in, in the eight. Uh, oh, I'd love to finish second. Clearly, you'd love to finish second. But I'd love to finish second even more. And West Coast finish third. And you play them at the MCG in a qualifying final. Isn't that the dream? Yeah. Wouldn't you love yeah. that to happen? Yeah. I'd be nervous if we finish fifth and we're playing, say, Geelong. We finish eighth. I'd be nervous. About, I mean, I'd be Hawthorne. nervous regardless. But, yeah, yeah Hawthorne would make me nervous. Yeah. It, whatever happens, it, it's going to be spine-tingling stuff. Yeah. But I think we'll win two of the next three. I think we'll win the next two games and then 
well, I think the round 23 match for the Giants is a toss of the coin because they're playing some really good footy. A couple of boys I want you to talk about. Bernie Vince became uh, a player that's played 100 games now for two clubs and only the 47th player, I think, to have won, won a best and fairest at those two clubs mm. as well. Um, and uh, our old mate number two, uh, Nate Jones, he notched up his thousandth tackle and became the first <laughs> the first demon player to actually do that this weekend. So it's a lot of hugs, Kaiser. Sorry? That's a lot of hugs. That is a lot of that's, that's a lot of hugging heard, going around. There were a lot of games when he didn't have the ball and he just had to tackle to be near the ball. Yep. Oh good no, on it's, him. It's, it's it's that's good stats. I've I've got to say with Bernie Vince, I was a bit worried a couple of months ago. I was a bit worried there wouldn't be space for him and Jordan Lewis in the same team, but yep. I reckon he's had a, a little bit of a second wind, and I reckon there's absolutely space for Vince and Lewis. And Jones is just terrific. He deserves it more than anyone because his his career has coincided, aside, aside from 06 when he started, with a, a really disastrous time for the club. So I think if we're going to succeed, I'll feel most happiest for or most happy for Nathan Jones. Tom, as we talk to you, how do you go combining your on-air commitments now with Fox and you're also doing, what is it, uh, 3RW as well, yeah. Um, yeah. with wearing your demon hat? Because that's always that's always a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't find it an issue writing about Melbourne because I feel like I can be objective there because you've got time to think about it and assess and maybe just flip a couple of words over just to make it completely clear that you're being neutral. But I think the hardest thing, I think I did, I was there, I was doing boundary writing for the for the Queen's birthday and I, I did a couple of other games as well. And it's harder when you're on radio because you sort of feel the emotion a little bit more and you've got to rein it in. But I'm naturally not, I mean, I'm a, I'm a passionate Melbourne supporter, but I'm naturally not a, a vocal passionate Melbourne supporter. I'm not one to to shout out or spray the umpires or have a go. I just sort of sit and watch. So I can probably hide it quite well. But what I do know, and I've already told my boss this, if I if Melbourne reached the grand final, I'm having a sick day on grand final. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going as a fan because that, that would be an unbelievable day. And, and if we won, well... The next four days are also sick days. Yeah, I was going to say, you actually have sick days uh, yeah. as well. Um, look, October you... is a sick month, yeah, of course. How many chickens have you got, Tom? Chickens? Oh, well, no, no. No, no one's hatched. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just playing it by ear because, um, well, no, this is the thing, right? So I, I don't know what you guys think, but I, uh, maybe a year or two ago, I was always against jinxing the club. Don't say this because they're going to lose and we're going to make it look stupid or don't get ahead of ourselves. But now I'm actually very comfortable with saying we're a good team. It's just about putting it all together. I believe if we're at our, at our best, we are in the top two teams in the competition. So we just have to Ooh. be that level. It's as simple as that. Uh, can I come and sit next to you at the football? Because I get so nervous yeah. I have to cut laps of my driveway. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you, Kerry. I look to my right. I'm down the boundary there. And you're sitting there and literally on the edge of your seat, um, biting off your fingernails, not because it's cold, and screaming out <laughs> at the umpires mostly. <laughs> what? When the hell is this? Well, a couple. I think last year you were yeah. down with the members, and, and I was down the boundary. I looked to my yeah. right. There you are with your beanie on. It's great to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, know, I, I do get a bit vocal, and I do go with my dad. And occasionally, I have to pretend that I didn't drop that bomb. <laughs> hey, there are lots of emotion around at the moment, and I know that um, Nathan Jones and Max Gorn, what have you, uh, talked about Jared Lyle. Um, in the yes. lead up to the match this weekend, um, as a Melbourne, you know, fan, passionate Melbourne fan, we know Jared Lyle's got some real battles. What are you hearing about that internally? Uh, about Jared Lyle? Yeah, or just about the, yeah. the, the the Melbourne thing? Oh, it's it's uh, it's amazing how much a club or an organisation can bind to can bind together for in the pursuit of one cause or, or one great. Um, great, great offering. So Jared Lyle's clearly very sick, which is very sad, and it, and it was heartbreaking actually. Last was it last week? I think yeah, when yeah. when his wife sent out the message. Um, but what SEN have done has been terrific as well. I think they're having a Jared Lyle day today, and I think they've raised heaps of money for yep. for his illness. But uh, I, I just love the way that Melbourne. Everyone's got time for Jared Lyle. You know, T Tiger Woods is doing radio interviews for Jared Lyle over in Europe or wherever he's playing yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But Melbourne Football Club is doing is standing by him as well. It's just a shocking situation. And you, you can't, there's no real good to get come out of it. But if there is any good to come out of it, it's that you're raising awareness and money for, for an illness that shouldn't exist. So um, 
I'm, uh, I'm sad, but I'm also very uh, proud of my football club. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Tom, as we let you go too, we've always got to do our three, two and ones. Um, bit of a question without notice, but was there a couple of standouts for you against the Suns? Oh, I need to have a think. Let me yeah. have a think. Um, well, my, my favourite, my, my number one player all the time is Clayton Oliver. Now, I need to, give me one sec. Let me just have a look at the stats here because I wasn't really thinking about it yesterday when I was in the bull ring watching the game. <laughs> well, when you have a look at it, you've hardly stepped out on a wide limb there to talk about Clayton <laughs> Oliver. But well, if you've I'm got... I know. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of Melbourne kids called Clayton in the next couple of uh, couple of years, or Oliver, maybe, or both. I don't know. Who uh, knows? There'll be some dogs called Clary, that's for sure. Clary. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I'm, am I giving a three, two, one? Yeah, vote? go, go yeah. for it. Back, back to your old co-hosting days. Give us your three, two, and one. All right. Well, these, these, these are my votes. All right. So I'm going to go. I am giving three votes to Oliver. I just love him when he pushes forward. Uh, 31 disposals. I think he kicks a couple of goals as well. Yeah. Uh, two votes. Uh, Jesse Hogan. I love I love what he's doing. And one vote. Oh, you know what? One vote, James Harm. He's playing some great footy at the moment. Three nice. goals. But he's probably lucky. You know, I'm going to change that. Harm's two votes. Hogan, one vote. There you go. Wow, okay. Nice, very very nice good work time. by you. We might check in with you maybe week one of the finals or something like that. How does that sound? <laughs> I'm looking forward to week one of the finals anyway because Melbourne's going to be part of it for the first time since I was in year nine, Coz. It's a long time ago. Yeah, that is a long time ago. I won't tell you when I was in year nine, but uh, <laughs> had to drive a two-model Ford to school. 1936. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, yes. We did, we did war history. It was the First World War. <laughs> uh, very good. Nice talking to you. Uh, any closing thoughts on the demons uh closing thoughts are reach for the stars you'll never know when you'll be able to get them oh, oh poetic Tom, thank, <laughs> you, thank, you. thank you very much thank you very much there is uh, more in a moment on details this is my kingdom come this is my kingdom come Always good fun chatting with you, Tommy Morris, and nice to have him back on. He's done his 3-2-1, Kale. Before we get out of here, let's do that. We've got Sydney coming up, obviously. Huge one, huge one, huge one. They're all going to be big, Sydney, West Coast, and then GWS. But how did you see the votes? Well, I went one vote for the team. One vote for the team. You gave 22 guys one vote. Is that right? Coza, they won by 96 points. I'll then throw I'm Craig giving, Jennings in there and Jane Rawlings. And, excuse me, yeah. I am giving one vote to the... T- am I allowed to give my votes I don't not? think it'll fit in the uh, matrix that we have for the three, <laughs> two and one. So I think if you go from the back line... I am pretty sure, Coza, that okay. Clayton Oliver had this detailer of the year wrapped up in about round four. Yeah, so I'm giving one vote to the team. <laughs> oh, okay, right. I am giving two votes to Jeff Garlett because I love his little spring in his step and he brings a happiness to the crowd. He does, yes. Thank you. And I'm giving three votes to Clayton Oliver. Yeah. No, I think Clayton Oliver just gets the three. He seriously gets the three. The speed with which he moves the football and the other thing was watching him, and I just actually spent some time watching him, but he will fake to go – he can make three decisions in like a second. He can fake to go one way and it sends the momentum of the guy who's about to tackle him one way. Then he'll turn and look and he'll go, no, that's not the right option. Then he'll go to the boundary or whatever – the ability for him to sum up a situation is is amazing. It's like he's a uh, teenage girl. Like he's got so much going on in his this head. This will be good. This, this he's will got, be good. He's got so much going on in his head. Yep. And more often than not, you do make the right decision and you do choose the right boy. But <laughs> okay. you've got all these other influences. As the father saying, of a teenage about, girl. How about this? How about this? But mm. you usually make the right decision. Right. Well, Don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Not too many boys can think about three things at once and make the right choice. No, can, boys are lucky to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time. So <laughs> Clayton green. Oliver is certainly outstanding in that regard. And in a football sense, he sees it much quicker than anyone else. He doesn't get caught anywhere near um, uh, as many times as what other people but who let, have the ball that often but do. But let's not forget. We were playing Gold Coast, and Gold Coast is a substandard football team yeah, in this competition. Yeah, so as carried away as we can get about the yeah. skills of Melbourne's whole team and how great it was that eight 
eight players kicked yep. two or more goals. Yep. They were up against an absolute rabble. Yeah, good on your fun police. You've just turned up. No, <laughs> Soz, but if we're getting all, you know, how great are the Ds? Agree. They They played the second worst team in the competition. Yep. And the team that is the worst team kicked Couldn't one less. 16. Could well, Kicked one less point than they did on the weekend. It was 46. Against 16 people. <laughs> against 16 people. Um, and they just beat them too, didn't yeah, they? So, yeah. you know, we're not getting too far ahead of okay. ourselves. So for mine, Oliver had the three. I thought Brayshaw was outstanding for the two. And for the one, I wanted to give it to Harms. I wanted to give it to Hogan. Um, I think you've been very generous with Jeff Garlett. Uh, in the end, I'm probably going to give it to Hogan because I thought I thought he was. Uh, he was you know what he do was back. You know, people were saying he's tired. Does he need a rest? But no, Jesse Hogan put in mile after mile yesterday, and the club. Well, he's going to find it pretty hard next week. He's going to have a Lear, a Lear, and he's going to have Nick Smith peeling off, and he's going to have a few different things that Sydney Swans are very good at, that pressure, no doubt about it. I mean, Grundy's obviously still absent at the moment, but he's going to have his work cut out for him next week. And what we need to do is continually find new avenues to goal that we don't just become Jesse-focused or T-Mac-focused or anything like that. And that's what I love what Garlett and Spargo bring. Yes, and I'm going to introduce you to Christian Petrarca to be our goal focus next week. Okay. All right. Watch this space. Okay. Backing in the number five, as she has done with the number 28 previously. Mm. And I think you might have even backed in Alex Neil Bullock as well. And how... Thank you very yes. much. I'm I happy to hear that. I take, it. I take it. No, you, no, you're not. Okay, not really. Uh, Joel <laughs> Smith, speedy recovery, young man, broken collarbone, disappointing for him. Um, as I said, I spoke to Hibbert, but the problem is now Lever out, Hibbert out, Smith out, and so we are going to need some sort of tall timber down back. Whether that's Cam Pedersen, don't know, but we will need something to be able to bolster that because unless they're going to send Tom McDonald back. Nev Jetta's not tall. Jordan Lewis is not tall. Bernie Vince is not tall. All right, so all right, all right. I, Cohen, your turn. <laughs> okay. Batter up. All right. <laughs> uh, so we are just about out of here. Make sure you share this love, send it all around, and obviously get in touch with us. Details podcast and details on Twitter as well. Go, Dees! It's a grand old flag. It's a high flying flag. For me and for you well, It's the emblem of the team we love The team of the red and the blue well, Every heart beats true for the red and the blue As we sing a song Sing this song to you.